Well, today's uh, scripture comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. And uh, we'll be uh, reading, uh, doing this first reading in the NIV. And we'll do an alternate reading. The scripture will be projected behind me. And uh, so I'll read the first verse, and everyone will respond with the boldface text uh, that comes after that. And we'll keep going back and forth until the end. So again, it's Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. And uh, oh, if you could please stand as able, that'd be great. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, You fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I think I'll just grab this. All right. Well, um, we are continuing in our sermon series, Metanoia, uh, which is about change. Um, And so uh, metanoia means it's the Greek word for repentance. And so uh, the question I have uh, for you this morning is, do you really want to be like Jesus? That's really what our sermon series is all about. That's what the Sermon on the Mount is all about. Do we actually want to be like Jesus? And maybe the answer is yes for you. But you found that it's very difficult. And I think a lot of us do find that. Um, There was a time in this country uh, where there was a a, a big kind of fad, uh, a a very popular thing, um, that people would wear these bracelets uh, that will show up here on the screen. what would Jesus do is, is what that means, that WWJD. And so people would ask this question of themselves, what would Jesus do in his behavior? You know, and so people would try to fit that. Does, does that work for you? Is that enough to try to do that? To actually just try to fix your outer behavior? Well, there were people in the Bible... They were called Pharisees who tried to do that. They tried to fix their outer behavior by following laws. And so the funny thing is that um, they actually were pretty good at it. They were pretty good at following the laws. But Jesus, as we talked about last week in our uh, our sermon last week, um, Jesus said that it's not enough to be righteous like the Pharisees. He actually expects us to, for our righteousness to far exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. And that may seem kind of odd to us, but the reason why is because for the scribes and the Pharisees, who are only focused on their outer behavior, on following laws, there's a lot of room for blind spots. There's a lot of room for uh, things that we do not see, for things to hide in plain sight. And the thing is that Jesus would say about the Pharisees, I mean, for one, Isn't it true that to be like Jesus means to be more righteous 
than a Pharisee. Do you think Jesus was less righteous than a Pharisee? Of course not. Right, And so, with the Pharisees, Jesus would criticize them. And so, in Matthew 23, uh, what he said about them, he said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. And so he said, the Pharisees, They look good on the outside, but inside there's all kinds of bad things, all kinds of greed, all kinds of self-indulgence, all kinds of anger, all kinds of hypocrisy. Brothers and sisters, I think the Pharisees do not mean for this to happen. Do you think the Pharisees are like, you know what, I want to be really fake. You know, I want to just look good on the outside, but it doesn't matter what's going on the inside. I think they have every intention to be good. But something happens. Something happens that kind of builds up. And for me, uh, I find this to be true. Uh, We're going to be talking about anger today in particular. And anger for me is something that I struggle with. Can't you tell? Don't I look like a very angry person? No, I don't look angry, right? (laughs) Like a Pharisee, right? Pharisees look good on the outside. And I think a lot of Christians are this way. We are able to present well. And I try really hard not to be angry. When I'm at church, I smile. You know, God is good all the time. God is good, right? I look good. I say the right things. But when I'm in my car... And something happens. This is what happens, brothers and sisters. The wrong that happens, you know, I kind of eat it. You know, I get angry at someone and, ah, I can't believe they did that. And mm, I eat it. It goes inside. Right? It goes inside. And something happens. I think, ah, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. And I go to church, hallelujah, God is good, right? And everything seems good on the outside. But on the inside, something is not right. What I want to compare it to is, uh, uh, I want to use an illustration from a movie. And maybe you guys have seen this movie. It's called Black Panther. Has anyone seen Black Panther? (laughs) It's a very popular movie. Black Panther has a special suit. That, and the suit is able to absorb kinetic energy. And so what happens is that if you're fighting the Black Panther and you punch him or you shoot him, nothing happens. Right? It looks like nothing happens. But he starts to glow. And so you see in this picture, he's glowing purple. And when he's fully glowing purple, you hit him just one more time, and then something happens. There's an explosion, just boom. All of the energy comes out, and he knocks everyone over, right? And so that kinetic energy is used against you. And brothers and sisters, this is what was happening to me. A lot of times you couldn't tell that anything was happening. All the anger was getting absorbed, right? It looks like it was no big deal. But eventually, I started glowing purple, and you didn't know it. right? And sooner or later, something happens. Maybe one little thing. Maybe this has happened to you, brothers and sisters. You think to yourself, I'm not an angry person. But your husband or wife says one little thing. Your kids are getting ready for school. (laughs) Your friends, you know, maybe they they don't mean to, but they say that one thing that just sets you off. And before you know it, you are raging. 
You turn into the Hulk. <laughs> you can't help it. Something comes out. It ruins your day. Maybe you rage. Maybe you yell. I have found myself doing this at times in the car. Yelling and screaming. Hitting the side of the door. Now, I don't do this at church. Mm-mm. Pharisees don't do it at church. Right? But the anger is within them. What is going on, brothers and sisters? What is going on is what Jesus is describing. You can't just treat what is on the outside. You must treat what is on the inside. This is why today's message is called Roots. Let's take a look at this picture of a tree. And so with this tree, you will see that on the outside, there is a tree, right? All the stuff that you see. But there is so much more to that tree than what you see. And with the way it goes with trees and with any plants is if you want to completely get rid of that thing, to completely take it out, you cannot just treat what is on the outside. You ever try to uh, take out a dandelion? You know, dandelions are taking over your yard, so you just pluck it out, just boop. What happens? Dandelion grows back. Why? Because you only treated what was on the outside. You did not treat the roots. And roots are really good at hiding. There's a scripture that says um, in in Luke chapter 8, For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest. I heard someone once say that they went to a therapist and they're dealing with these issues and they told their therapist, you know what, doctor, I just really don't want to deal with this right now. You know, I just have too much on my plate. You know, I know it's a big deal, but I just want to push it off. And the therapist looked at them and asked them this question very calmly, said, okay, so you have a choice, only two choices. Do you want to deal with this now or later? You don't have a choice to ignore it. It will not go away. Do you want to deal with it now or later? And brothers and sisters, we will find when you decide to deal with it later, it often gets worse. This is what happens with the Pharisees. They don't resolve the issues. They just cover it up. And now your issues are able to act underground, in your subconscious. You're not aware of it. Maybe if you haven't dealt with your anger, this happens to me oftentimes. I get a stomach ache, you know, and and I have all this anxiety that just buries down with me, within me. I fight it. I fight it like people fighting the Black Panther, right? And, And when you fight it, just the suit gets stronger. The anger gets stronger. You fight it. I shouldn't get angry. It's not right to get angry. Why am I so angry? It doesn't go away. It just goes below ground. I experience it as a stomach ache. Or maybe one day, you know, I find that this happens to a lot of good Christians at church who want to do the right thing, who don't want to lash out and get angry at people. And so what happens is their anger becomes resentment. They don't outright get angry at people. Maybe someone asks you to do something for church. Hey, can you lead the small group? You know, Reverend Cho asks you, can you lead a small group? You don't want to do it, but you do it anyways. You know, and there's part of you that's angry about it. But you still said yes, but you hold that resentment. And before you know it, you find yourself, every time you hear Reverend Cho speak, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be Reverend Cho, by the way. It can be anyone. It's just an example. But every time you hear that person speak, you find a little bit of annoyance, right? You, You don't even really know why. 
And maybe being at church, you're really tired. And before you know it, coming to church is a chore. You don't want to show up at church. And before you know it, you start complaining about the church. And before you know it, you leave the church. What happened? You didn't mean for that to happen. But there was something happening below the surface. We did not address the roots. You cannot change your behavior in the long term without dealing with the roots. This is exactly what Jesus is talking about when it comes to anger. And the problem with just dealing with the law is the law is all about behavior. And Jesus wants to fulfill the law, to not just make it about certain behaviors that you focus on and you check it off and you say, okay, I did that, without really dealing with your heart. Jesus wants to fulfill the law, to make it more full, right? Not to just deal with the stuff on the surface, but to deal with the stuff underneath. And so let's take a look at what Jesus says about uh, anger. So in verse 21, he says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Um... And so let's stop there for a moment. And so the law, the the one that most remember in the Ten Commandments, is don't murder someone, right? Don't kill someone. And most people would say, did that, right? I think most of us, I would like to think, no one murdered anyone this week, right? So we're like, okay, I kept the law, great. You know? But this is the problem. Is that you could legalistically say that you did that. I didn't murder someone. But maybe you wanted to murder someone. (laughs) Maybe you thought all kinds of hateful, evil thoughts about someone. Right? So Jesus wants to fulfill the law. Fill it up. In terms of the intentions. In terms of the heart. Not just dealing with the behavior itself. That allows for a lot of blind spots. And the Pharisees, they can feel really good about themselves. Saying, I didn't murder anyone. I might have judged them, but I didn't murder anyone. So Jesus says, not good enough. Not good enough. You've heard it said that you'd be liable to judgment if you, did, if you murdered. But I say to you, if you're angry at your brother or your sister, then that's something you can be judged for. Right? Do you get angry? Now, brothers and sisters, remember, we are human beings, and Jesus knows this. He knows that everyone gets angry. Right? And for a lot of us, hiding it beneath the surface is not the answer. We need to bring these things to the light. That's what he talks about judgment. Hey, let's take a look at your life and really open it up. What is inside you? Is there any anger? Are we kind of fooling ourselves and saying, ah, it's no big deal. I'm not that angry. But if you are, it can metastasize. It can become something worse. Right? And oftentimes this is what happens. You see this this progression. He says, if you're angry at someone, you're liable to judgment. But if you insult your brother, the, the literal translation to this is if you say raka to your brother. Raka is a term that uh, the, the ESV tries to helpfully translate as insult. In a way, it's not a specific word that means anything, really. It was a term of contempt. You know, where someone might, you know, they, they make like a noise when they're annoyed at someone. Ah, ah, you know, something like that. And so what, what people think is that raka, when you said it in Hebrew, it kind of sounded like you were generating spit. Raka. 
You know, like you were trying to make a spitball. You know, like you wanted to spit out. You had a bad taste in your mouth. Or maybe even you wanted to spit on them. So it's not a specific word you're saying. You're not calling them an idiot, but you're just getting annoyed. Right? You're starting to resent them. Ah, mm, I don't like that. Mm. Now that's a problem. And Jesus says that. When you start getting annoyed, when you start resenting them, you move past the anger, and now it's becoming resentment. Can't stand looking at them. And then it moves on, and it gets even more serious. Whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. That's so extreme, isn't it? Right? That's way more than extreme than what we saw before. You'll be liable to judgment. He says, oh no, let's go further. When you think that someone is an idiot, I mean, the, the term here, fool, uh, there probably be different words that we would use in English or Korean that I cannot say right now. <laughs> They'd be really bad words, and all of you, that's all you would remember from the sermon, right? But you know what those words are. What do they mean? You are looking at your brother, your sister, as something categorically different than you. They are a stupid moron. They're an idiot who's incapable of doing anything right. Have you ever thought that of people? Maybe you've thought that of people on the road. What is wrong with this idiot, this moron? Jesus says, look out. Because brothers and sisters, what is happening is what is taking root in your heart. You know what they find in most cases? I mean, brothers and sisters, this is really about us becoming like Jesus. But taken to the extreme, I don't think very many people, it's very, very rare that someone wakes up in a very good mood, right? Everything's going well in their life and they decide, I want to murder my brother or sister. Nobody decides that. What happens? Something builds. Something builds. Not many of you think to yourself, you know what? I want to resent my parents. I want to resent my children. I want to have a conflict with someone at church so serious that I'm willing to leave my community over it. That I know all the things that Jesus says about loving my neighbor, loving my brother and my sister. But I don't feel like it. I can't do it. This is why Jesus talks in this way. This is why WWJD is not enough. Jesus doesn't want to just fix your outer behavior. He wants to fix your heart. And these little things that we let slide, that we let bury within us, Jesus wants to unearth those things. And so, brothers and sisters, with every little part of you, this is what Jesus wants. He doesn't just want your cleaned up behavior. He doesn't just want the offerings you bring. And in fact, he even says that. Uh, Let's take a look at verse 23. He says, so if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has done something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gifts. Brothers and sisters, what is the offering that God wants? It's not just your money. He wants your heart, your life, all of you. He wants you to be like Jesus. So it's not enough to just say, God, here's my offering. 
But I hate all these people over here. <laughs> I judge them. I'm resentful. No, brothers and sisters, these are the things that God wants from us to transform us. Right? And there's a real sense of urgency here. I bold face the word quickly. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court. Lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. What is Jesus talking about here? He's saying, deal with this thing quickly before it gets bigger. Before it grows into something unmanageable where you have to pay a lot of consequences consequences for it. Isn't it better to deal with that misunderstanding, to deal with that wrong right away? If you don't, it'll grow. The resentment will grow. The consequences will grow. We find this out all the time. There was once uh, uh, someone in LGM who I had said something during fellowship. I didn't mean to say it, but I had said something that insulted him. And, um, you know, I was just making a joke and my joke, I guess, was kind of crude. And so that brother called me that afternoon and he said, Pastor Steve, I didn't like what you said to me today. And I tried to remember what I said. I kind of forgotten about it. And he told me, I was like, you know what? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. You're right. That was insensitive. I I, I was trying to be funny. It wasn't funny. I'm so sorry. Can you forgive me? And the brother paused for a second and he was like, yeah, I can forgive you, Pastor Steve. Thank you. Thank you for listening to me. And that was it. That was it. He didn't leave the church. (laughs) He didn't gossip behind me, behind my back, as far as I know. (laughs) But what if he didn't? What if he didn't call me right away? What if the next week I made the same mistake? Or I said something to himself, "Mm, Pastor Steve just, he's not a good pastor. Why, Why is he joking around with people like that? And every time I speak, every time I say something, that unresolved issue becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And he starts talking to other church members about, can you believe what Pastor Steve said? And before you know it, we, we have a split in LGM. We have LGM West, LGM East, right? Brothers and sisters, these things happen. I was so proud of a couple of my leaders who told me very similar thing happened. That there, were, uh, there was uh, something that one of the leaders had said that they didn't like. And they said, hey, I have a bone to pick with you. I want to talk to you about what you said in that meeting. He was like, oh, what did I say? And he told them. And he's like, you know what? I'm really sorry. He's like, oh, it's okay. I forgive you. And it was fine. It was fine. Deal with it quickly before it becomes bigger. Brothers and sisters, this is what we can be doing in our prayers. This is what we should be doing. This should be our discipleship. This is our offering, the offering of your actual life. I mean, does God want your money as much as he wants you? He wants you. Every part of it. All your frustrations. All your anger. All your resentment. He knows it already. The only one you're fooling, you're not fooling God, you're fooling yourself. You're becoming self-deceived and that issue will not go away. So brothers and sisters, I want to close with this. I want to ask the praise team to come up. And so we're going to look at this picture of a tree again. And here on this, uh, uh, on top of this picture of the tree, it says, healthy roots, healthy tree. Give God every part of you. Let him heal the roots of your anger. Brothers and sisters, going forward, I hope if there is a small issue in your life,
that it stays small. You confess that before God. You bring that before God. God, I'm annoyed. God, I'm angry. And if it is appropriate to bring it before that person and to let them know and to reconcile quickly. But maybe there's some of us, I just suspect, we're not perfect, brothers and sisters. Jesus knows that. God knows that. Thank God that there was only one that was perfect, Jesus Christ. And he died on the cross for imperfect people like you and me. So I want you to hear this. Some of you are having a hard time hearing the sermon. I I can just feel it. I feel it in the air. I feel the energy. That some of you are like, I didn't resolve an issue quickly with someone. It's gotten bigger. It's gotten blown out of proportion. Now one of us is getting ready to leave and exit that relationship. Brothers and sisters, there's no time like the present to bring that before God. So I want to encourage you right now. This is our offering. The offering of your very self. Can you bring your anger, your resentment, your unresolved issues? So if you're feeling that, brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you right now, for all of us, to do something in faith. This is something Richard Foster calls the palms down, palms up prayer. So I want you to just put your palms down and as if you are releasing something, you're just letting something go, right? Just letting it go. Is there someone at church you're angry with? Someone you have resentment towards in your family? Some bitterness? Maybe someone cut you off in the parking lot today. (laughs) Maybe something happened that you're holding on to it. And like a good Christian person, you've convinced yourself, it's no big deal, I'm over it. But maybe, just maybe, it didn't go away. It just got buried. So let's bring that before God and let's put that into the hands of God. Just name it. You don't need to fix it. You just have to name it and bring it before God. That's an offering. It's a gift. You just say, God, it's yours. It's yours. Let him take it from you. You can't take it on your own. Just confess, God, I'm angry. I'm resentful. I didn't resolve this issue on time. So can you take it from me? And in faith, once you've done that, if you want to turn your palms up, and now that we have released to God that thing you were holding on to, now you have an empty hand. And in faith to say, God, I want to receive from you your love your mercy, your patience, your self-control, your grace. As I have been forgiven, now I am called to forgive. So receive God's love, God's joy, God's grace, the Holy Spirit's filling to enable us to be able to love and forgive people in ways that we cannot on our own. So let's receive that right now. Jesus, we thank you, God, so much for all that you want to give, for all your thanksgiving, for all, God, your grace, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much, Heavenly Father. Oh, God, in faith, we give to you our anger and our frustration and our contempt. We confess, God, that we have not lived perfect lives. Maybe we've worn that bracelet, WWJD, and we could not do it. There was too much hiding beneath the surface, too much unresolved. We were not as strong as we thought we were. And so we confess, God, we cannot do this. We're just going to need you to take this from us. We just offer it. We don't hide from it, God, but we confess. 
Yes, Lord, we've been frustrated. Yes, Lord, we've been angry. Yes, Lord, we have, have harbored hate and resentment against our brothers and sisters. We have called them fools. We have uh, used terms of contempt for them. We have let that anger fester and become something that's so hard and untractable that we cannot move it on our own. So Holy Spirit, take it. Holy Spirit, cleanse us and fill us with your unbelievable, amazing grace and love. Help us, God, to forgive as we have been forgiven. Help us to forgive ourselves as you forgive us. And may your love and grace flow on this Thanksgiving Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.